Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Each year, nonprofit boards of every type, large and small, have to deal with succession. Specifically, bringing in a successor to the founder of an organization is really difficult. So the question is, what is the blueprint for a successful baton pass of succession? Whether that be from a founder to a successor or a current director to a new director. Whether you're a nonprofit leader focused on the future of your organization or a donor looking to maximize your investment in your favorite nonprofit, today's show is for you. Donald Ye is from the Bridgespan Group. He helps nonprofits create strategies for navigating leadership challenges such as succession planning and scaling impact. We're really glad to have Donald on the show. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you. I'm excited to talk. Donald, it's great to have you on the show, and thank you so much. I know this is your specialty, having and making sure a positive baton pass happens between leaders with a nonprofit organization is so critical. So my first question is, successful successions, why are they so rare? Yeah, I think there there's a couple of things that go into a a successful transition that might um, point to why it, sometimes it seems rare that the um, successful transitions happen. Um, one is just that planning a successful transition takes an incredibly long period of time, and often you know we've heard that boards just start too late in thinking about succession planning. So um, in our research, we we interviewed about fifty nonprofit executives, um, including kind of outgoing CEOs, incoming CEOs, board members, and we found that the most successful transitions took years of planning, so really that the the conversations around succession and around um, internal talent development really started several years before the the actual succession event. So I think um, one big thing is really too much focus on the the actual, you know, transition itself and not enough... um, focus on all of the, the things that lead up um, to a su- successful transition, and also all of the all of the activities that need to happen after the transition in terms of onboarding and supporting the, the incoming executive. Now, you write quite a bit about the successions of founders in particular. Why are these especially difficult when it comes to founders of an organization and having the first successor after a founder? Yeah, I think there are a couple challenges that are specific to founder transitions, and and I would extend these to kind of long-term CEO transitions as well, um, where an executive executive director may have been in an organization so long that they have a lot of the same characteristics as a a founder transition. Um, I would say one is that often founder transitions are paired with other organizational challenges, that are, pers- that are particularly prevalent with founder transitions. Um, one of these is that um, often, an organi- or often an organization needs to shore up weaknesses in board oversight that um, 
occur, we find more often in founder transitions because of the, the kind of intense loyalty that can build between a, a founder board and the founders. So, for example, um, lack of performance reviews, weaker oversight of programs and finances, or um, insufficient independence for the founder. So there's a, there's often um, there are often some kind of organizational or board issues that are kind of independent from the founder transition, but that need to be dealt with in tandem with the the founder transition to make that successful. Um, I think a second um, issue we find with founder transitions is the um, often the the identity of the organization is very closely tied to the founder. And the identity of the the founder is often very closely tied to the the organization. So on the, on the founder side, that can lead to the founder sometimes um, wanting to stay around for for personal reasons versus for reasons that are for the the benefit of the organization. And for the organization, often they need to find um, really fill in the for the founder, which can take kind of more than one person to play all the different roles that a founder um, can traditionally play. I, I think one final point is, and it's kind of obvious, but um, the a founder trans- transition is kind of by definition the first time a board um, of an organization goes through an executive leader transition. So um, in, in, in instances where you're dealing with an organization that's been around longer, they, they may have as a board managed several transitions, whereas with the founder transitions, by definition, the first. All right, Donald, why don't you throw some data out there for us, for our listeners, both of the scope of the challenge and the implications if a succession plan is not done well. So what are the current stats regarding successful transitions versus non-successful ones? So in our research, we um, we did a couple things in our research just to set the background. We did an analysis of I-990s from 2,000 organizations. We did a survey of 500, over 500 nonprofit leaders and board members, and we did interviews with about 50 individuals who had gone through a transition. And the stats from the, the survey where we asked, you know, was the transition successful, we found that about 60 to 70% of organizations stated that the they had successful transitions. So I think... Um, one point is that it's, it is possible to have a good transition, and many organizations are finding their way to a successful transition. I think the, um, on the other side, when a transition does not go well, the implications on the organization can be pretty, pretty, um, the implications on the, on the organization can be pretty difficult. And we think about a couple types of um, implications there. One is financial performance. Um, for programmatic performance, and also the impact on the organization. Um, and that's why in, in our research, we actually looked at three different um, indicators of success so that we could um, compare different types of transitions. And those indicators were financial performance, which we measured looking at revenue, um, self-reported success, so um, based on the people who had experienced the transition that they believe it was successful. And the third one was actually the 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 successor tenure, and we looked at that because we've heard that one of the you know one of the most um, when a transition is not managed well, you can see often that the successor is not successful would actually exit the organization within a couple of years, and that can be very distracting for the organization to have to go through yet another transition after all of the 
kind of the effort and the pain of the first transition. It was interesting to me that you found in your research that there are different ways these transitions actually happen. So for example, you have mentioned in some cases, the founder may transition out of the executive role, but still remained in the organization. Talk about the different types of transitions that happen in organizations. Yeah, so we actually, in our research, identified four types of, four broad categories of um, transitions, which apply to founder transitions, but also apply apply more broadly. The first category were um, kind of involuntary transitions, so transitions where um, the the founder was kind of forced out or managed out. And that actually accounted for about a quarter of um, the transitions. Then we found of the remaining transitions, um, there were actually more transitions where the founder played some sort of role after the transition than where there was a, a clean break. And this was um, a little bit of a surprising finding because often what's kind of stated as the, the gold standard out there is a clean break. And we actually found that in more cases, the founder plays some sort of role after the transition than not when it's um, an, amicable, an, an amicable transition. The other um, surprising founding, finding from our research is that when a founder um, is paired with an internal successor, so a founder stays on in some sort of role with an internal successor, that is the most, um, that, that type of transition has the highest probability of success. So versus the other types of transitions, when we look at financial performance, kind of self-reported success and successor tenure against all three of those metrics, we found that the most successful kind of type of transition was when a, a founder stays on in some role and helps an internal successor into that new position. That's very helpful. Now, when it comes to the founder's role after transitioning out of the executive role, does your research point to recommending that the founder leaves the organization altogether, or is it better that the founder stays involved in some way with the organization? What's your take on that? The research shows that the most successful kind of archetype would be when a founder stays on with an internal successor. But this is not always the best answer for every organization. And we found that there are kind of four key preconditions that need to be in place for an, for this kind of, for the founder to stay on in, in a productive way. And one is that the, the founder has the capability and desire to stay engaged. Two is that the board perceives clear value from the founder staying involved. Three is that the founder is willing to play a different role and genuinely wants the successor to succeed. And finally, the successor has to be willing to work with the founder. And really, all four of these conditions need to be in place to even consider um, having the founder stay on. I think the other um, thing that needs to be, that boards need to make sure of is that managing the ongoing relationship between a founder staying on and a successor requires a fair amount of effort and investment from the founder, the successor, and the successor and the board, and we found that there, there's a number of things that um, have to fall in place before and after the transition to make this make this successful. For example, um, being very clear on what exactly the founder's new role will be, and aligning that with areas where they have high interest and capability. Really engaging in regular coaching to deal with some of the more kind of 
emotional aspects of the transition, and this applies to both the founder and the trans founder and the successor. Setting up kind of conflict mitigation um, processes, so kind of anticipating that conflict will happen and having a clear process to mitigate that conflict when it comes up. Um, and making sure that there is a clear kind of plan to transition board funder and staff loyalty. So making sure that just because the founder is around that it's not preventing the, the transition from happening. But taking the flexibility that having the founder around gives you to kind of do that in a in a logical order and sequence it. And finally, we found that it was interesting. A lot of when founders stay around, a, a good practice was actually to create some initial separation to give the successor time to, to settle in. So um, often this was actually physical separation. So founders would take a six months off and leave, take a vacation, leave the country even. Um, but definitely um, creating some sort of separation so that um, that it's clear that a transition has happened and the, the successor can really move into that new role. Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. My hope is that you continue to find these podcasts interesting and uh, you're introduced to great leaders. You're introduced to fantastic nonprofit organizations. And my hope is today is no different. Now, back to the show. Now, as you've gone through this, Donald, um, how important is salary? and obtaining outside counsel for succession. Obviously, salary is important to getting the right talent in the door. But as mm -hmm. in, in our research, we did not find that you know, salary was what was stated as the, uh, kind of the number one factor for a successful transition or for unsuccessful transitions. That said, I think what as I mentioned before, having financial resources available to help manage a transition is critical. And often that has to do both with salary, but also with providing the necessary support after a transition. So um, often we found that successful transitions involve having an executive coach um, for, the, for the incoming CEO and if the founder is staying around for the founder as well. So um, I think around kind of financial resources definitely create flexibility um, and salary is important, but so is having resources to, to support um, the transition. In terms of outside counsel, I think what the most, one of the most common forms of outside counsel we, for, we found was the kind of coaching that we talked about. And as you think about the steps I just laid out, um, having the right capabilities and support to do each of those steps. So developing internal, you know, talent, shoring up board weaknesses, um, all those things could be helped by by external support. So who typically are the key stakeholders nonprofit boards should include in the process of a succession plan? As, as I mentioned before, we think of the succession plan as this, um, as a longer range topic that should be happening over several years. So a critical, stakeholder to think about are the kind of the potential pools of kind of internal successors that could kind of take over for the outgoing CEO. And particularly important as we kind of dug deep into this idea of um, the exiting CEO playing a role while um, the incoming, to help the incoming CEO, we found that that dynamic was particularly important. So really engaging 
the incoming CEO in defining what that future would look like. So what should the role for the founder look like? What should the incoming, how should the incoming CEO and the um, outgoing CEO interact is a really important dynamic. And ensuring that those two um, individuals really feel like they can work together is critical to making that setup um, successful. I'm sure from your experience, you've bumped into a lot of different pitfalls, a lot of uh, challenges and barriers. So what are the most common pitfalls in unsuccessful succession plans, and how do you avoid them? Yeah, so I think the the first one is um, starting too late. Um, and, and when we did the survey, we asked folks who had successful transitions what was the most important factor that contributed to success, and the number one factor was sufficient time to plan. So really having time to plan and work through all the steps that kind of lead up to um, bringing on a successful um, successor is, I would say, is kind of the most important thing, and starting too late would be the most common pitfall. Um, I think the second is not being very clear on what are the exact opportunities and challenges facing the organization? So often, an organization, um, when they're at a transition point, actually needs a different set of skills from what the, the exiting CEO has. So being very clear on what the, where is the organization what and what the organization needs um, is, a, is a critical step and one that um, not all organizations go through um, with enough rigor. And I think the third common pitfall um, is for the board to think it's done when the successor is in place. And we found in successful transitions that the ongoing support from the board, and in particular ongoing coaching and mentoring and a very close relationship between the board chair and the successor were critical. So the, the process leading up to bring a successor in is can be long and involve lots of effort from the board. And unfortunately, that shouldn't be the end. And really seeing through and making sure the successor, the successor is successful is a critical part of that the transition. All very good. Very interesting. Okay, now talk about timing. What's the perfect timing for starting a successful transition, in your opinion? So I think the, the, the best way to think about it is um, – several years in advance. So thinking about, I, I remember one interview we had, we asked when should um, transition planning start, and the this was a founder who had left the organization said, the day the new, the new CEO starts is when you should start planning. So um, all those steps of internal talent development, um, setting up the organization for future success should be happening continually. I think what we found um, kind of – then there's kind of the active process of managing the transition um, where a decision kind of the, the – the exiting CEO has decided to leave and there's a, the conversation about the, the, the transition. And we found that that often happens over the course of a couple years because really it takes that much time to, to do all the steps to, that are necessary for transition. Now, when do you know when a transition has been successful? Like, what's your take on that? Do you have a metric that points to a successful transition? So ultimately, the the success of a transition will be measured by the, the success of the organization after the transition. 
and that will kind of plays out over several years. So, and that's why we looked at uh, metrics such as financial performance, which is not obviously not the only way to measure the success of a of, of an organization, but one of the easier ones to quantify um, consistently across different types of organizations. I think as you as we think about a specific um, transition event, another important um, factor to really think about is just the success of the successor in meeting whatever goals that they have agreed to with the um, with the board and making those very clear and having the board and the successor regularly track those and measure those over time will, will be critical. Well, Donald, thank you so much for this. Again, I anticipate that this podcast will spur on more questions. So for my listeners, how can they find out more about your work and then they can get more information about Bridgespan Group? Yeah, so um, Bridgespan.org has a lot of resources on executive transition as well as on kind of nonprofit leadership development, which is a topic I've referred to a lot in in this podcast. So I would point folks there. And then specifically on the research we did on founder transitions, this was published in the spring 2018 edition of Stanford Social Innovation Review. So um, you can read more specifics about the research itself there. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.